the People Station, KMLJ 89.9, and the Ice, Minnesota's coldest music. Joining us right now is the police chief for Minneapolis, I'm sorry, yes, for Minneapolis, is Ryan O'Hara, joins us live in our studios this morning. Hello, Chief. Good morning, Freddie. Thank you for having me. It's our pleasure. And a, a report card of sorts is out now showing, uh, talking about crime numbers in Minneapolis, and it shows what that I'm seeing, that Minneapolis finished the year with 72 homicides, according to uh, city statistics, down from 80 in, in last year, 2022. Uh, what do those numbers actually say? Well, um, there's a lot going on, but I think the larger trend is that violence is receding. Um, obviously, you know, in the summer of 2020, after the murder of George Floyd mm-hmm. uh, and the destruction of the city that followed, uh, very quickly, almost overnight, the amount of gun violence, the amount of serious violent crime skyrocketed to uh, sort of the highest levels we've seen in more than a generation. So it's been very difficult um, to try and get that back under control. There's a whole lot of folks in community that have been working very hard to help us, a whole lot of law enforcement efforts to do that. Um, but I think the larger trend has been uh, that we are starting to get that back down to what it was prior to 2020. It's uh, certainly not a victory by any means, um, but it is uh, it is definitely moving in the right direction. Is this a natural course because of the uh, COVID-19 going further into our rearview mirror? Uh, we're getting further and further away from the murder of George Floyd. Uh, we know that you have uh, numbers in your ranks of police officers, not at the strength that you would like. That's right. do, how do all of these these three things play into the lower numbers? Well, certainly, uh, you know, all across the country in cities, COVID-19 and all of the things that happened because of that played into this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a whole lot of folks, especially communities that have been traditionally, traditionally uh, borne the brunt of the majority of violent crime, were especially affected by the effects of the pandemic. You know, schools being closed, a lack of services, uh, a lack of uh, employment opportunities, things like that, all played into this. And in Minneapolis, it's uniquely uh, different because George Floyd was murdered here uh, and the city burned. Uh, and the police force, uh, you know, close to uh, close to 40 percent of the members left over the last three years. Um, so the challenges here are especially unique. Um, and it has taken very deliberate efforts uh, to bring that back. There's a whole lot of folks in community who've been very active uh, in trying to resolve conflict and trying to, you know, you know, reclaim their neighborhoods. And quite frankly, there's not many Minneapolis cops left, but the cops that are here are incredibly dedicated to trying to get this right on behalf of, of our residents. We're talking with Police Chief Brian O'Hara. Just last night, we saw some disturbing video of a person pulling up to a gas pump and another car coming up and this person driving off with that individual's car. Mm-hmm. But we also see that num- the numbers of carjackings are down 43 percent. How right. do you balance what we're seeing on, in almost real time with these kind of numbers? So that um, that's something that's been happening throughout the Twin Cities and the, and the metro uh, that just spiked up, that, that particular M.O. Uh, of auto theft. Um, But again, the larger trend over the last uh, year and a half is carjackings are down dramatically. Um, The the serious problem that we've had over the last two years has been, you know, the thefts of Kias and Hyundais. That that increased astronomically. Um, But thankfully, that also has started to recede uh, over the last six months or so. So it's, it's definitely a positive, positive trend. 
Talk about recruitment. How's that coming? I know that's been a big thing on your radar. Uh, are, do you have a class of uh, cadets coming on? Um, we, we have very few that are starting. Um, it's been a challenge. Uh, and I think, uh, obviously, there's a whole lot of things we could talk about that feed into that. There's a crisis nationwide uh, with people who do not want to go into policing. Um, and in particular, it's that much more pronounced in Minneapolis. I think, uh, really, what we need is we need to recognize that this is probably one of the most difficult jobs in policing in America today, to be a cop in Minneapolis. This is still viewed both locally and nationally, as the police department that murdered George Floyd mm-hmm. and set off a national reckoning you know, around these issues. So I, I think to rebuild the department to be what we want it to be, to be the best police department in America, we have to recognize the unique challenges that our officers are facing and they are rising to the occasion and achieving on behalf of our residents. But we need to get these officers a contract. We need to make significant investments uh, into the police department, into our recruiting and retention of our officers, um, because w- without that, you know, w- the situation that we're in is just not sustainable. So I guess the uh, the burning of the third precinct depicted in a Powderhorn Park uh, art sled rally doesn't really help you. I mean, there's a whole lot that doesn't help, right? Um, y- you know that 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 whole uh, that whole episode was disturbing to me, um, but I wasn't really all that surprised by it. And what was kind of uniquely disturbing about it is, you know, I've been to scenes here. I go, I get out of bed in the middle of the night when someone is murdered on the north side. And I go to the scene myself because I think that's important to show that that life matters. Uh, And I've just been to too many crime scenes in this city uh, where I have felt in some way that too many people have normalized what is happening here. It is outrageous. So to see a group of honestly white people there cheering as a police station or, you know, an image of the police station being burned is there, you know, with a pig behind it is just gross to me because I know that that episode happening set off a signal of lawlessness that people of color in this city have given their lives for. Certainly crimes of violence, people have been shot and people have died in this city who would not normally have been because there was just this signal of lawlessness. And that's what we're still fighting against today. That's what the community is still fighting against today. It's disturbing to me to know, to have talked to so many residents in this city that are terrified to allow their kid to walk to the corner store, that are terrified to have their bed next to a bedroom window, and to have folks who can leave their doors unlocked at night, you know, be cheering over what happened. That's incredibly ignorant to me, and that's what upset me about it. Chief Brian O'Hara with us this morning. Two days after starting to clear a South Minneapolis homeless encampment, forcing his residents to pack up and leave, city officials started clearing the newest encampment that uh, formed nearly how, nearby. How do you uh, get a hold of this particular, I'm going to call it a bugaboo, Yeah. and uh, r- when real lives are concerned, and you have people who live in these encampments who are saying that some of the directives are too stringent for yeah. them. They'd rather not go to treatment. They'd rather yeah. not uh, access rehabilitative services. They just yes. want to live where they want to live. Yeah. How do you put your arms around that? Well, that's real. Um, everything you said is 100% uh, true. Um, and I believe, you know, law enforcement should not be, you know, the tip of the spear dealing with homelessness. Mm-hmm. We shouldn't be, you know, we're not going to arrest our way out of addiction and substance abuse and all these issues which are driving these problems. But, you know, it, two days ago, after that new encampment started, I drove by there myself. 
uh, just to see what it looked like, what was going on. And it was crazy. The residents there were up in arms. I had people coming up to me, one lady saying, and this has just been up a few hours, one lady saying her wood was stolen, another one telling me she had to take a needle out of her dog's mouth, mm. another person telling me, you know, the smoke from uh, the, the, the the fires in the encampment were coming into their house and their kid has asthma, and another lady said, and this is a very diverse block, I mean, African Americans, Latinos, Somali, white, everything lives on this block. Another person said to me, this is outrageous. They wouldn't put up with this in YZ. Why are you allowing this to happen here? Uh, and that bothered me. And, you know, right away I got on the phone with the commissioner because I, I saw myself, people from the encampment threatening the residents, the re residents threatening them, like to take things in their own hands. I said, we, we got to shut this down because it was just, it, it, it was crazy. But um, it, there's a whole lot of issues there to fix, but I don't believe the police department should be the lead on, on how to fix that. 80 times the 911 calls in the same period of time. That, that wasn't just the 911 calls because I was there, I was there, you know, uh, three times that one day, and I had people coming up to me constantly. Uh, a guy that worked in the, in the housing authority building on the corner, other residents, you know, people saying, oh, the, the, the bus only stops on the corner right here for school. And they're terrified to have their school kids here with all these needles on the ground waiting for the bus. Um, so, so those are the people really like we have to hear them, too. Um, we're here for obviously we're here to serve all people in the city, but I felt like the tensions were so incredibly high. Uh, that there was definitely a potential for, for violence. There was definitely p public safety issues there that were very real mm -hmm. that I called the commissioner. I said, hey, look, we, we got to do something about this. Chief Brian O'Hare here. We could go on for quite some time, but I've just got to ask you, coming from the East Coast, coming to Minneapolis, encampment, uh, burning an effigy, recruitment, crime trends, uh, looking a little better. Uh, are you second-guessing being the chief of Minneapolis? No, I, I do think I'm incredibly blessed to be here. I think I'm here on purpose. I think I have the greatest job in this profession at this time. Um, but certainly it's not easy. Um, but I am deeply committed to trying to get this right. I have learned, you know, a lot of, and I've you know, gotten to know a lot of folks in community here. I've gotten to know a whole lot of our officers here. And really, we have a lot of people that are very deeply committed to trying to figure this thing out. And I'm just thankful, you know, to have the blessing to be a part of this right now. Final question. Do you have a unified message to those who would break the law and for those who are trying to help you to build a better Minneapolis? Yeah, look, we are all in this together. Um, and, and, you know, we will do everything, you know, to try and bring, you know, both hard and soft, you know, sort of motivators, you know, to prevent future crimes, which means if you're out here causing harm in the community, I'm going to do everything I can to put you even in federal prison, if that's possible. At the same time, if you want to do something else, we need to make sure we're supporting our community-based org organizations so that they can help these folks take on a different path. We need to do everything possible to get a hold on, on, on the level of crime and violence so that we can make sure all people can be safe, alive, you know, and free in our city. He's Chief Brian O'Hara, and this is KMLJ. Twins is the morning. Uh, 89.9, wake up, work out, come on.